This is I Don't Care If You Listen Podcast with my mom, Shawnee, and my auntie, Leonica. How are you? Tired. Yeah. Yeah. How's mom doing? Uh, she's doing today. Doing. So what's the story? Her sister was diagnosed? Yeah. And bad, like late, stage four. Huh. <gasps> Yeah, and it's metastasized. So younger sister, older sister? Her oldest. Oh. Wow. And she just lost her baby in last month. Her baby sister? Mm-hmm. Wow. Right. That's heavy. Mm-hmm. And her brother had another surgery for a feeding tube and something else today. I don't know. He's just still ticking. He's still ticking. He's just going along. Because, you know, I thought when my other aunt passed, I thought that the phone call was going to be him. Mm -hmm. And here he is, like six brain surgeries later. (laughs) (laughs) And I got a whole nother aunt that got a fight. It's exhausting though, right? Like it's exhausting. Just even watching your parents go through dealing with that stuff. My dad is going through chemo and so he got to take a week off of chemo to come down here and visit, but like he gets real tired real easy, you know. Oh yeah. Don't feel good, body aches. Right. Got chemo brain. It's real. Well, We are doing something we have never done before in our 25 episodes. Welcome to episode 25. I don't care if you listen. I'm whispering a little bit because my parents are visiting and I just put my little guy down for bed. And so I'm not in my usual recording circumstances because I can, you know, curse up a storm when my mom and dad aren't sitting in the next room. But I have a whole different... uh, perspective but the thing that we're doing that we've never done before is we've never been late on an episode and we are late on an episode so i have a list go the Mueller investigation supposedly closing right acting attorney general whitaker says he has been fully briefed on Mueller's investigation into the russian meddling in the 2016 president election and I want to get excited about the Mueller investigation coming to a close, however... is Trump's boy. Yep. Whitaker was chosen by Trump basically for saying all the right things on Fox News. And he's basically saying that uh, the Mueller report is going to come to an end. His announcement follows new bipartisan legislation filed Monday would require Mueller to summarize his findings in a report to Congress and the public. Because so, they can't shut it down before... Cohen testifies. Some Democrats are unnerved. Whitaker also rattled some Democrats when he said decisions made by Mueller's office are going to be reviewed by the Department of Justice. I'm comfortable that the decisions we that were made are going to be reviewed through the various means we have. Some congressional Democrats expressed concern over those comments in interviews with CNN. Um... Chris Coons, a Delaware Democrat, says, I don't have full confidence that Acting Attorney General Whitaker intends to respect the independence of the special counsel and simply support and sustain the decisions he's made and simply release the report in full. Mm. 
I mean, it goes on and on. Adam Schiff, House Intelligence Chairman Adam Schiff, a California Democrat, said he thinks that Whitaker or anyone else in the Department of Justice should not have a say in what's in Mueller's report. The special counsel, the special counsel should speak for the special counsel's investigation. So here we go. I mean, this is what we talked about. Was it ever going to be legit? Was it ever? Were we ever going to find out? Were we ever going to know? Now it's going to come through the filter of Trump's boy. Great. That's awesome. So we just have to wait until this election <laughs> to I, get rid of him? I don't know. I really, you know, I here's the thing. I wanted to be really excited about Kamala Harris. I really wanted to be excited about her speech. I mean, she sounded every bit of Barack Obama as she could sound as far as the unifying voice factor. But um, she's got haters on all ends. But I can't get excited about the next election. I can't get excited about any of it. I don't know that we're even going to. We're paying off and buying people out. Like, at what point is that going to stop? We're paying off people to lie about or keep quiet about our last election being influenced by a whole entirely different government. Right. That's why I don't know what this is going to look like. I'm telling you, I want to be excited about her. I want to feel charged about her. I think now that we know that we've been had, I don't think they'll be able to have, you know, get us again. I hope you're right. So Howard Schultz from Starbucks has me a little bit more worried talking about um, he's going to run this year as an independent, which could split the Democratic vote anyway. He's going to run in 2020? That's what he's saying. Yeah, it's that. It's that muddying the waters thing and splicing off. And, you know, already in the mix, you've got Liz Warren... You've got um, one other lady and Kamala Harris. So Hillary talking. Hillary's talking. You've got Bernie talking. You've got mm-hmm. all these people talking, and it's going to muddy up the waters. I just hope. I mean, I don't know, Lee. I'm trying to have faith that there's even going to be a 2020 election. I really don't. Well, if there's not going to be a 2020 election, there's going to be a 2020 civil war. <laughs> to me, that's more believable at this point. It is what it is. To me, that is way more believable. Get ready. However that, whatever that means, if you got to build a bomb shelter, or if you got to go arm yourself, or if you need to go to a different country, whatever. I don't care if you listen. (laughs) This is Lee Hanukkah and Shelly. And I don't know what, I don't like any of those options, Lee. I don't like any of those options. None of those are good options for me. You know, unfortunately, I had to have a conversation with my other bestie, uh, Renee, this morning. Life ain't fair. No. And you just get what you get. Unfortunately, I wish we did get to choose our options and opportunities, but unfortunately, we get what's created by all these energies and personalities. And There's people who would say that you create everything you are. Everything you are, you create. Well, you do, but some of it is in response to everything that's around you. Yeah. I didn't say I agree with them. I'm just hearing those people in my head (laughs) talking. 
I mean, I'm all about channeling positive energy yeah. and blocking out the negativity and, you know, all of that. But everybody else is not. And there's plenty of times, like, you know, if you're in a room with people and everybody's in a good mood, the vibe is good, but somebody comes with a sour personality. Ruins everything. Ruins everything. Yeah. Well, I might have been a sour personality the other day. I t- so Chris and I, I told you I've been trying to channel my husband's political energy. He got on Facebook and said something about there was like a article about the, when during the shutdown, by the way, we are out of the shutdown for a few weeks right now. Um, but he said something on Facebook because that is the way people share their thoughts these days about, oh, so we're going to buy him a beer. You know, there was like this big movement in D.C. to buy him a beer for those furloughed workers and, you know, buy him a beer. And, and he started thinking about car companies that are letting people forego their payments for the month during their fur being being furloughed and there's you know banks that are letting people put off their mortgage payments and he was like this is some nonsense like welfare is going to end the WIC program is going to end these are people who need help all the time like the people who are furloughed were guaranteed their jobs back you know so he got into a big big back and forth with one of my closest friends one of my dearest friends, I, I haven't talked to her in a long time, but she's one of my dearest friends, but she just thought he was the most awful person. How can you talk like this? And I was like, I tried to channel his energy. So I've said, okay, Chris is a very politically minded spirit. He has a lot of heal the world scenarios and fix the problems. And, you know, he, he, he does his research. He knows his stuff. So I thought, okay, I'm going to channel this. And he was feeling guilty about this big Facebook fight. So I was like, okay, let's go check out the Democratic Committee of Pinellas County. Let's go check it out. We went there. Okay. I was so sad. It just was a clear chasm to see the lack of diversity where I live. So that made me sad. But then the organization was like, nil. It was so unorganized. <laughs> then, the first thing they opened with, they wanted us to stand for the Pledge of Allegiance. And I didn't know if Chris was going to stand, but I was kind of like, uh, oh no, if I want to stand for this, I kind of have thoughts. It's kind of weird you're making me do this right off the bat. Like, <laughs> can a sister ease into this whole thing? Like, what are you going to toss that right on me so right away I'm feeling already ugh and then I don't know girl then this guy got up there and he was like okay we're ready to pass a motion to reopen the government and here's the motion and da 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 and you know it had to be like 150 200 people and all of a sudden this somebody gives this lady a microphone and she's like well I'd be happy to support this motion if the grammar and the punctuation was correct oh my god and all I kept thinking of was like this is what the independents do to us. They just totally derail everything that we're doing because there's this, well, we can do it better. No, stop. Let's have good enough and a really strong good enough for a long time. Exactly. 
because the words don't matter. Actions speak louder than words. So needless yeah. to say, we didn't stay for the meeting. Um, they started lecturing people about not leaving a mess in the office and how they didn't want to leave any more notes in the office about a mess. And I just realized, no, and I just realized our time had to be better spent elsewhere. Um, that's horrible. I was hoping that we could find like a outlet. Mm-hmm. Nope. Not that. Mm. It was sad, girl. Really sad. Yeah, and that's why we're in the state that we're in. Do you feel yes. like it is our job? Do you feel like we are in positions to have really, really uncomfortable conversations with people? Or do you feel like we got to talk to each other and have about those uncomfortable conversations instead of really having them? No, nope. it's my job. I have to speak about it to everybody, everywhere I go, all the time, because other people aren't. Yeah. So I have to be the one, because also I find that I'm the one who can articulate it in a way that's going to be heard and not create violence. <laughs> yeah. Right. But stuff needs to be said. People need to be accountable, you know. I feel like I'm fighting a battle within my community and for my community. Yeah. It's crazy. That's the one thing I think is really nuts, Lee. You know, you posted that thing about like 2019 goals, Kamala Harris on our show. I don't care if you listen podcast. I think it's great. She's half Indian. Her name is Kamala. That's an Indian name. It's so crazy that she's half Indian. Like, when have you and I, in our entire friendship, really met half black, half Indian people? We haven't. No, we haven't. No. It's weird. Yeah. But I think culturally, I have always kind of fought against the you know, traditions of what traditional Indian people are, and you've kind of always fought against the traditions of what traditional black people are, and so it's always this, like, we don't fit in the box that people so frequently want to put us in. I like people who don't fit in boxes, though. I do, too. Maybe that's why we're chosen to have those uncomfortable conversations. Yeah, because boxes are not cool. Boxes... (laughs) Everything can't be encompassed in yeah, a box. Right. No, we need some triangles, some rectangles, some ovals, some ellipses. <laughs> some blobs. Exactly. A couple of spills. I don't care if you listen, episode 25. Sorry we're late. Sorry if the edits on this aren't awesome, but we wanted to get something out because we just had a heck of a week, a heck of a weekend. Um, but we do want to stay consistent and get our podcast out weekly. So we will be recording immediately. Um, episode 26, five Houston police officers shot while serving warrants today. Yeah, I saw that just recently, a couple hours ago. Mm-hmm. Roger Stone, you saw that big arrest? Oh yeah, breaking news. It was like six o'clock in the morning. Tom Brokaw. Wait, rewind back to Roger Stone real quick. You saw that that man has a giant tattoo of Richard Nixon on his back, right? No, but that does not surprise me. Yeah. 
Tom Brokaw. with who he hangs with. Right. Birds of a feather walks together. Yeah. Fly together. But that's been his boy from day one. Like they, that, that has been Trump's number one advisor is Roger Stone. That's Mm -hmm. the thing. If they all weasel their way out of this, if they all weasel their way out of this, do you know how much dirt they've done? Yeah. That's what, oh my God, I was just saying that earlier. You know, people always say, they try and project this power saying, who's going to stop me? Who's Mm going to stop me? Mm -hmm. You know, us against everybody, like Detroit against everybody. Who's going to stop me? Who's going to stop me? That's how I see Trump. That is how you see Trump. That's it, because that's how he is. Who's going to stop me? And that's how all the people around him are. That's how he's raised his children to believe. I mean, Stone came out of court laughing, mm-hmm. smiling. He walked straight to the podium like, hey. $250,000 bond? Oh, yeah. And I'm sure they, yeah, dirty. Really dirty. And it cracked me up the way he was like, and they came in and they woke up my wife and they, they, they scared my dogs. And I was like, not the dogs. They didn't scare the dogs, though. Your dogs? You're alive? You live to tell the story? Because if you would have came up in the hood, it would have been a whole other story, bro. Mm-hmm. A whole other story. It would be a different word for scared. Oh, yeah. So, Shelly, I'm sorry. Brace yourself. They're all going to get off. The big fish. The other ones are going to be sacrificial lambs who will probably only get slaps on their wrists. Well, I saw Michael Cohen is going to a a prison in New Jersey that's special for Jewish people. It's a white-collar criminal prison. Wow. Yeah. I was like, wow. Must Must be nice. Girl, criminals live better than the poor. So I didn't know what you thought about Tom Brokaw before, but he... I didn't think about Tom Brokaw. He made... Until he opened his big fat mouth and put his foot in it. (laughs) And that's what he did. That's exactly what he did. Tom Brokaw is apologizing tonight for controversial remarks he made today about Hispanics and immigration. Listen to what he said during a panel discussion on NBC's Meet the Press. I also happen to believe that the Hispanics should work harder at assimilation. That's one of the things I've been saying for a long time. You know, that they ought not to be just codified in their communities, but make sure that all their kids are learning to speak English and that they feel comfortable in the communities. And that's going to take outreach on both sides, frankly. Earlier, I played those comments for Democratic strategists Maria Cardona and Keith Boykin. Here's Maria's reaction. My reaction is that he's a little out of touch. I I love him and I will give him a pass because he's probably not up to speed as to where things are today and age, especially with young Latinos uh, in this country. And I think both Keith and you and you, Ana, know very well that Latinos uh, assimilate incredibly well. In fact, most Latino children speak English better than a lot of native-born Americans. And as an an immigrant from Colombia myself, and as somebody who is raising two Latino children, we speak Spanish at home predominantly 
differently, but they speak better English than a lot of my English-speaking friends. And so what he's saying is just absolutely not true. Latinos absolutely assimilate. Broca is now following up in a series of tweets saying this, quote, I feel terrible. A part of my comments on Hispanics offended some members of that proud culture. From my days reporting on Cesar Chavez to documenting the many contributions of Hispanics in all parts of our culture, I've worked hard to knock down false stereotypes. In my final comment in Meet the Press, I said all sides have to work harder at finding common ground, which I strongly believe dialogue, not division. Okay, Tommy. You know what? That last statement was so fake and written by a publicist, it makes no sense. None at all. He believed exactly what he said. Yep. And yo, Tom, Tom broke off. I'm about to try and learn Spanish. You know, interpreters get like $40 an hour plus <laughs> travel expenses and stuff. I mean, for real, though, I, I, yo, I Espanol un poco. See, I took Spanish in high school and college, and if I would have actually stuck with it, and if I would have learned it, it would have been a huge benefit for me, one. Two, it takes me back to... Male privilege, white privilege well yeah but it also takes me back to my grandma my dad's mom not speaking english with me growing when i was growing up and you know they wanted me to learn hindi so that i could communicate with her and i didn't i wish i would have learned hindi because i should have known it so i'm going to try and teach myself this year but i used to have this like patriotic you know i thought it was patriotic but it was pretty naive this take of like well you know she is here she should speak english you know and it dawned on me and after talking to my parents like you know they came here and worked their asses off paid taxes and were contributing members of society they did plenty to benefit being able to take care of their parent their aging parent and if she doesn't speak english she doesn't speak english like this whole demanding people be a part of this quote-unquote melting pot the way that you think they should be a part of the melting pot, that's privilege. And you know the funny thing about it is the name of the language is English. It's derived from the word England, a place on the other side of the globe. <laughs> a whole nother continent, a whole nother culture, a whole nother people, they have a parliament. But what's the difference? But what are they? They're white. That's the only reason that this Russian thing isn't bothering anybody. Oh, I know. If the Russians didn't look like Russians, this would be bothering people a lot more. Girl, can you imagine if they looked like they came from Afghanistan or Pakistan? Or, or anything Somalia? that had any melanin. Anything that had anything other than blonde hair and blue eyes. If it did, I'm telling you, it would not be going this way. And anybody can argue with me left and right, but I will, that, that I will stand by till the day I die. If this hacking and if this threat to our country was coming from somebody who didn't have blonde hair and blue eyes, a.k.a. He Vladimir Putin. digging Putin up out of a hole. Yeah. A bomb shelter like Saddam Hussein. Yeah. Chase him down like a dog. Yep. 
or recording his death like they did with Bin Laden. Yeah. But nope. And now, this whole thing about Whitaker calling this investigation saying it's done is just making me sick to my stomach. Well, you know our song. Just a good old boy. Never meaning no harm. Yeah, everybody knows it, but. Um, you know, I would think that after the shutdown, this whole thing with food stamps and WIC, people, people should feel outraged. At which part? At the shutdown? That, that his base yep. is the one that's going to be hurt by all this? Yeah. Or that his temper tantrum resulted in the exact deal that he was offered before the shutdown? That's all he got was the exact same deal that was offered to him before the shutdown? And the fact that the shutdown cost, what, $6 billion? And he's still talking about it might shut down again? He still might call a state of emergency? Yeah, we don't know what three weeks will bring, or two and a half weeks now. It's going to be more... BS. Well, remember we said the reason we're doing this, the I Don't Care If You Listen podcast with Shalini and Leonica is because we are documenting what is happening in real time. We are literally just sitting here like, is the president and his whole regime going to get away with selling out the country? We are stand, we are bystanders to watch and see. And in the meantime, we're all just going to go about trying to maintain our day-to-day lives. His, he's the Manchurian candidate. His whole presidency is about pushing his agenda with the Russians. Whatever little backroom deal and plans that they made and determined that the world would have, that's what this is all about. That's the only reason why he won't ran. I thought it was because he was mad because Obama made him mad at the um at the press at the press, press dinner. So mm-hmm. last night I was watching um, Bill Maher and the the guy who is like the diplomat for Russia. Um, he was on and he was basically saying that you know Putin hates us. Putin hates America. And he blames America for hacking into his elections, you know, for challenging his authority and giving his people a sense of like questioning him as a leader. And he blames America and he wants to take America down and all he could care about is taking America down. That's all he wants to do. And see, that's so messed up when a leader is pushing a personal agenda. That's what uh, the second Bush did. Mm. That's why when you say... Um, I think Trump will do whatever it takes to put money in his and his family's pocket. And it doesn't matter who it's coming from. It just so happens that the Russians, it works because socially he's able to be in bed with the Russians and get away with it because his base will not get pissed off at a blonde-haired, blue-eyed terrorist. Well, he's also in bed with the Saudi prince. Right. That's why. That's what made me think of he'll do it whatever with whoever. Yeah, he will. And act like it's um, 
protecting his country. Yeah. The wall. Still talking about the wall. It kills me how he just lies, though, with this, the fake CNN news reporters. <laughs> I mean, how can you sit up there and lie and talk about somebody else being fake the whole time? When you spray tan. <laughs> <laughs> that sure. motherfucker spray tans in the Oval Office. Legit. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if he does in the Oval Office, but in the White House, it's bad enough. He put ketchup packets in Abe Lincoln's gravy boat, and he spray tans in the White House. I swear, it is like, the second he got elected, all I could envision was like a strip club in the White House. It's all I could picture. White people, get your boy. <laughs> this is so embarrassing. He is such a stereotypical guy. <laughs> You do not want to think, want people thinking you're related to him. <laughs> Get him, please. Because if I think you're related to him, yeah. I, 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 I'm just going to dismiss you. Somebody get your boy. Get your boy. Get your boy. So, so Michigan is supposed to get severely pounded with cold, cold, cold. Supposed to. Girl, we got pounded. We're getting pounded. It's like supposed to be negative 20 or something. Yeah, Wednesday, Dion's birthday. Happy birthday, D. That's right, early shout out. Woo woo. Um, yeah, so I can't do the cold anymore, so I'm sorry for you. That sucks. Girl, I really enjoyed my snow day today. Good. Yeah. Good. Just me and Mari kicking it today. Nice. What'd you guys do? He didn't mess with me. I work. You know, I work from home. I so know. It really wasn't a snow day. I just didn't have to leave the house. I know. I know. Yeah, I'm good. I can't do it. The cold. Negative 20 is like not even a... I can't even... That to me just sounds like, here, why don't you go ahead and walk barefoot on glass and fire and, and thumbtacks and crazy glue? That's so what, does nine. That, <laughs> you're saying that's what nine degrees feels like? Yeah, so does nine. But, I mean, what do... Shoot, it's just cold. Stay in the house. Stay inside. I don't do that. So, uh, um, you heard anything about Venezuela? I heard that we are... That's all Fox News is talking about is Venezuela. Well, basically, they have a self-appointed interim president that President Trump recently endorsed. Oh, great. Yeah. U.S. announces sweeping sanctions against Venezuelan President Nicolas Maduro, state-owned oil company. This is from Fox News. I told you. Oh, CNN is talking about it, too. Okay, what's CNN saying? Okay, um, as Venezuela's self-appointed interim president reportedly works behind the scenes to win over the armed forces, even offering them amnesty for past crimes, the country's defense minister said Monday that the military is ready to die for its homeland. Defense Minister Vladimir Pedrino tweeted the statement as Venezuela's opposition led by Juan Guaido. Guaido, head of National Assembly, called for massive rallies to demand President Nicolas Maduro's ouster. 
And as Mawada claims, the United States has orchestrated a coup to tackle them. This is from CNN. A standoff in Venezuela between Juan Guido, Guaido, Guaido, and Nicolas Maduro may cause a rift between President Donald Trump and Russian President Vladimir Putin. So basically, like, they're having all kinds of protests, though, Shell, like, where the army is clashing with the people. The people are saying, no, you're not my leader. Um, the, their government by, uh, declared laws and, and said, no, you can't be the interim president, all the while, um, Trump is saying, yeah, I recognize you. Let's see what this is saying. It may turn out to be the biggest test of the bromance between President Donald Trump and Vladimir Putin in the most surprising of places. Half a world away in Venezuela, a standoff between the embattled sitting president, Nicolas Maduro, and opposition leader Juan Guaido has now also pitted Putin against Trump. Russia is backing Maduro after investing billions with him. Juan Guaido, the leader of Venezuela's National Assembly, is supported by President Trump, and neither side is budging. Maduro has made clear he will not recognize Guaido or call for new elections. Now is the time to stand for democracy and prosperity in Venezuela. Meantime, Putin's foreign minister has blistered the Trump team, accusing them of meddling. It is another flagrant interference into the internal affairs of a sovereign state. Tonight, experts see the standoff in Venezuela as symbolic of a growing rift between the American and Russian leaders on some key global issues. I think the Trump-Putin relationship is entering a different phase, a new phase, and it's a lot rockier. The Russian press has been very, very critical of Trump lately. During his presidential campaign, Donald Trump openly voiced a desire to improve America's relationship with Putin, who had a tense relationship with former President Barack Obama. Trump sided with Putin in Helsinki, repeating Putin's own denial that Russia had interfered in the U.S. election. I have uh, President Putin. Uh, he just said it's not Russia. I'm just going to play this last bit that this dude just said. Listen to this. Political losses and vulnerable to Putin's manipulation. I think what is very, very scary in all this is Donald Trump is a neophyte when it comes to geopolitical affairs. The Kremlin is not. They are playing three-dimensional chess. By contrast, uh, Trump is more like a pro wrestler, and all he can do is overthrow the chess table. Tonight, experts <laughs> warn about the power peg in Venezuela. Yeah. 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 That's it. So there's a lot of chaos there. Turmoil. Turmoil in Venezuela. Girl, everywhere. Is this the part where we're supposed to like pay attention to all the people that are doing all the good things in the world and all the people making positive change and having great impacts on their local communities? Because those are the people we should be focusing on, right? That's right. So kudos to everyone who's not looking at this big macro picture and looking at the micro picture and just making your own little place better. My son said to me today that peace begins with him and peace begins That's with right. me and peace begins with you and peace begins with you. So I suppose right. if we look at the problem as this big giant beast, it's much scarier that way. 
we have to be peace. Yeah. So. So, have you finished reading Michelle's book yet, or what? Girl, please, no. So be. <laughs> I don't know why I don't go ahead and invest in uh, some audio books. Yeah. I listened to a TED Talk, a 20-minute TED Talk that made me feel pretty excited. It was about, like, posture and how not only when we, you know, try and make ourselves small or we sit, like, hunched or we sit, you know, kind of covering ourselves and we not only give off a body language image of what other people perceive us as, but we change our own perception of ourselves. So the whole, the whole theme was like, not fake it till you make it, but fake it until you become it. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, that's why I walk around all haughty. <laughs> well, sometimes you, they, she said you got to do two minutes before you, every day you do two minutes of a power pose. Like some pose that's a power pose, whether it's a superhero or whether it's like, you know, big open chest, you know, arms out. You do two minutes of it and watch your body change. Watch your demeanor change. A two minute selfie uh, photo shoot. That's all you need. Only popping. (laughs) Two minute photo shoot. My God, I don't know if I could do a two minute photo shoot. It's the same thing. You might as well take the pictures. At least you're you're doing something besides just posing. You think the you think selfies are the same as posture posing? For me, <laughs> for everybody else. That's your posture pose. I don't know. I mean, it's it's like looking in the mirror and practicing a speech. Yeah, I'll have to share this TED talk with you. She's she's. It was pretty. It was pretty. Uh, it was pretty intense. My girl Linda's bringing TED Talks here with a group of people. To Grand Rapids? Uh-huh. Cool. Who is she bringing? Um, I'm not sure. TED Talks are fun. Yeah, they're getting different people. Like, I think they're going to do it monthly or something like that. Yeah, so. I'm going to send this to you. When you have a chance, watch it. I'll, I'll put a link to it at the in the show notes, too. So, um, are you going to watch the Super Bowl? No. What do you think about Gladys Knight singing the national anthem? Okay, so I may have answered too quick. Knowing who my husband is, there's a good chance we'll watch a little bit of the Super Bowl. Um, Just because. And I'll probably be watching the halftime show just because. I am disappointed in Gladys Knight because, again, it is splicing off our efforts We have got to be united, and our message has got to be very clear. And so it makes me love her as family just a little less. Not that she would ever consider me her family, but I just feel like when it comes to Auntie Gladys, she should have kind of had Collins back a little bit and been a little more diplomatic about how she put it, I think. But I don't know. What if she's broke? Huh? What if she's broke? Trying to become relevant and make money? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that could quite possibly be it. <laughs> it could be that simple. I don't know, I don't know that. Don't quote me on that. I well, I mean, R. Kelly is broke. Lots of people are broke that look like they've got money. I've heard recently about people having millions of dollars in credit card debt, like millions. So they look look like they're flossing, but they are not flossing. 
Well, the people I know with the most money look like they're homeless, so... <laughs> I wonder, I sometimes wonder, the people who robbed us of our store, like, what do they tell people? Because we're not there to defend ourselves. So what do they tell people? Do they tell people that they screwed our whole life over and they broke their contract and they never paid their bills on time and then just stopped paying and literally stole our inventory and sold it? Like, do they tell people they did that? Because you know our employees, the people that we hired, the people I interviewed, they literally have ha ha they've been saying things like, oh, I'm so glad these second owners gave me an opportunity, da-da-da-da-da. Like, dude, they didn't even want to keep you. We had to talk them into taking you and keeping you hired. People are something, Lee, something, something. That whole thing is eating away at me. I can't let it do that. It's making me not trust humanity. Between that and Trump, I don't get people. You really can't. You really can't. TED Talks. Lots of TED Talks. Power poses. <laughs> Selfie. Jeez. Although I do have fun with selfies with filters. I do have fun with those funky things. Well, I'm not going to edit this much tonight. I'm probably just going to put an intro on it and chalk it up to episode 25 because we were running late, but we can't do that again. <laughs> no. So, let's move on Thursday. I'm in. I'm yawning. I know, right? It was a late, late, late recording of the I Don't Care If You Listen podcast. Let's just hope that Robert Mueller gets the truth out. And thanks for witnessing the uh, what we feel is a severe demise of our nation in real time. For sure. So let's uh, focus on the little stuff that we can make better. Cheers, power poses. Selfie. <laughs> Selfie all my day. <laughs> I don't care if you listen. Love you, Lee. Episode 25. Have a good night, babe. You too. Talk to you later, baby. Bye. Bye.